It is the 200 level episode 331, Mike Carpenter in the basement studio on a cold and cloudy Sunday afternoon matching the mood of Illini basketball fans. But despite the weather and despite another early exit in the Big Ten tournament, what the hell? We're here, we're going to make the NCAA tournament, and considering where this program used to be at, that's still something worth celebrating. So I hope that if you have a Selection Sunday tradition, a la Monocle's Pizza, that was our thing growing up, was we get Monocle's Pizza every Selection Sunday, because we knew it was a show worth watching, and thanks to Brad Underwood and what the staff has done, and what this team has done, you're still going to make the tournament, but there are certainly more questions than answers as we sit here in mid-March. And whether it be Thursday or Friday, and whether you be an 8, 9, or 10 seed, I don't know if anyone's going to be feeling particularly good. But then the game starts. I even found myself on Thursday night, because I was at parent-teacher conferences and I was periodically checking in on the game, and I still wanted to win. And there were the moments where we got within one at halftime. I thought early in the second half, we were actually going to win that game, not comfortably, but I thought Illinois was finding something positive. And then Penn state just took control. And it was a very kind of almost quiet way to exit. Not surprising on one hand, but you, you just felt like maybe this team would have a little bit of extra umph and not lose to a team three times, but that's how they exited. So the question now is, do they have anything within themselves to make a run? Because I'm teetering back and forth on whether or not this is a talent issue, a lack of coming together issue, a coaching issue, or something with all of those combined. And I think that's probably what it is. This is a season that in all likelihood will end and we will not look back on it that fondly. We certainly don't look at it fondly at the moment because it's been such a hair-pulling adventure. But crazier things have happened in the tournament. So I will be here for whenever that game is and hopefully two games and hopefully maybe even more. But as we watch those and those games start and give me three, four days from now until Thursday or Friday and I will still find my way to getting excited for an NCAA tournament game. Okay, we have some people in the chat window. Good Sunday evening to all of you. And we are going to get the number one seeds revealed. Wasn't that fun two years ago? Alabama looks to get the number one overall seed. So good for them, despite the controversial, (laughs) uh, what would be the word? Accomplice, Brandon Miller, and the murder of somebody. But, you know, listen, I'll leave that for the authorities. They do appear to get the overall number one seed in the South region in Birmingham. Very good team. I don't know if you want any part of them. And here's the thing, because it is the one seed that you're looking at, we might get ourselves right here. We got Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, or Southeast Missouri State, a play-in game facing Alabama. Now, the question, of course, of these broadcasts is, do they just go one seed, one seed, one seed, or do they just go down the lines? They might be showing the eight and nine here. Not sure, though. Now, my thought is I'd like to get a 7 or 10. Well, seven's out of the question. But a 10 would at least give the opportunity to play a 2. And when you look at the ones that you would likely face off against, and are we going to show an 8 or 9 here? Or are they just going to move on? No, Maryland gets the 8. So you will not be playing in Alabama's pod. Maryland, a well-deserved 8, will be facing off against a 9 seed, which they'll release here. Now, here's the thing. There will be these periodic pauses because they're going to be adding their analysis to each and every team. West Virginia, a a tricky matchup. Would like to see Maryland advance in that one. 
five and fours coming up here in the South region and trying to think about other teams in the Big Ten. Indiana would be probably the only team that would be in that four or five range, likely a four. San Diego State gets the five in Orlando. Always a fun 5-12 matchup against Charleston, a team that will be a sexy pick, I'm sure, for the upset. That, that would happen anyways in these 5-12 matchups, but Charleston, only three losses in the year. Jacob says, at least we won't see West Virginia. They, are, they appear to be red hot, right, Jacob? There is the storyline there with Brad Underwood being part of that coaching tree with Huggins, but I don't know if that would necessarily juice the ratings. So we do not get that story. Virginia gets a four, a team that you played earlier this year. And another solid year for them. I think they won the ACC. Ho-hum. That's just what he does over there. Furman gets the 13th seed. Don't know much about them. So in your South region, Alabama, the one, Maryland, the eight. We have San Diego State, the five, and at the four, Virginia. We'll see if they go to the South part of this bracket. This is unusual, though, because the bracket shows, if I recall, have spent the first segment talking about one seeds, but now they're just ripping through it. So we got a 6-11 here. Creighton gets a six. They were slotted on a seven in a lot of different brackets, a team that you probably want to avoid. Now, I say all this. I don't know what team you would want. I want to say this right now, though, in case I appear smart. I would like to face Kentucky. I actually think that would be a very good matchup for this team, all things considered. So, Ryan, as he says, you're creating with a six. No idea what kind of seven seeds the Illini might see. We got the 314 matchup coming up next. Apologies for the Iggy Pop voice here. Great show, Friday night in Chicago. Baylor gets the three in Denver. And a 14 seed UC Santa Barbara. Okay. We got the 710 coming up. So will we go all the way out to California as a 10 seed to face a two seed in the South? Who would be Texas, the two seed in the South? Missouri, the seven. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Missouri will be facing. You guys look to be a little bit ahead of me. Will we get a rematch? We will not. Utah State, the 10. I wanted no part of that. I, I would not find that fun. I would find it annoying, similar to Loyola a couple of years ago. I don't want storylines this time of year. I don't, and I feel fortunate to avoid Missouri. Arizona gets the two. There you go. That makes more sense. So I guess Texas might be the two in the Midwest region. So there you go. The first bracket comes and goes. The South. Illinois is not in this bracket. As Alani Brickroll says, no idea who we do or don't want because we can't seem to figure it out. I will just say Kentucky. I figure if you're going to take your best shot, let it be against a name program that I think you could beat. I really do. So Alabama, the one in the South, the number one overall seed, Maryland, San Diego State, Virginia, some other top seeds there. Maryland with the West Virginia matchup in the first round. Baylor and Arizona in the bottom half of it, along with Missouri. So you avoid Missouri. I think that's good news. And you avoid Creighton, which I think a lot of prognosticators would have had them as a possible matchup and a not very good matchup in the first round. Yeah, you played your way into the 10 is what it sounds like. And maybe not, but Maryland at the 8, that is what we saw a lot going into last night. And Illinois at the 10 started to happen with some teams moving up. I think the question is whether or not Penn State moves up themselves because they deserve it, I think. The the wins they've had in the month of March, and damn near had another one today in the Big Ten Tournament Championship, they should get a higher seed than you. Not just because the head-to-head, but I think right now the overall resume is probably better as well. So there we go. One bracket down. 
Got another one coming up. But before we get to whatever the next bracket is, got to remind you, the 200 level is brought to you by DP Doe online at DP Doe. Com. For all the best deals and prices, dpdo.com. They deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. You can get a custom zone with any toppings you want or one of the favorites like a buffer zone. A Maui Wowie was my go-to in college. And as the tournament starts on Thursday, no better place to get it delivered piping hot to your doorstep than the fellas over at dpdo.com. Also, Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. Now, winter, it's decided to stay a little bit longer, including over spring break, dadgummit. You can get a Lennox Home Comfort System. Now, when you do this, part of this amazing deal they have going on is with that Lennox Home Comfort System, you can choose between a new hot water heater or a $500 Visa gift card. Amazing deal from the guys and gals over at Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. Give them a call today at 217-841-4728. Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing, your home's best friend. All right, State Farm Agent Brian Hansen, online at brianismyguy.com. Life, auto, home, business renters, you name it, Brian is my guy, and he can be your guy as well. And depending on the matchup and what time it is, we'll see if Brian's available for that one coming up. And um, what the heck, I think if it were up to me, I would like a Thursday matchup. I was texting with Trevor and Isaac earlier today, and I know Isaac's kind of in the same boat. Let's just, why wait? Well, let's just get to it. And why not Thursday afternoon, right? We have had the Friday, Sunday more times than I can remember in the tournament. The last two included, right? Friday games against Drexel and hmm, what was it last year? Chattanooga. And then Sunday early games against Loyola and Houston. So I would like the Thursday, Saturday. And if I recall, that was what we had back in 0405. I mean, here's the thing, you know, when we talk about the NCAA tournament for Illinois, it's not as if I can point to many years of my life where they've been successful. Bill Self, the most successful as far as consistency, right? Bruce Weber, Sweet 16, then the national title run, and then didn't make it out of the second round from there. And I'm surprised that a program with this number of wins and sustained success for most of my life has not been able to get over that hump. In fact, Someone tweeted me today, because I said this morning, let's just fall back to the 7-10 game. Let's fall back to the 10, get, take your chances against a 2 if you can make it that far. And as someone had tweeted, Lauren Tate, I think, said yesterday, Illinois has beaten a, a seed higher than them once. I just happened to be at that game. And that was Illinois, Cincinnati, and Columbus. Back in Bruce Weber's first year, Illinois makes the Sweet 16 in impressive fashion. Now, maybe... Back in 2010 or 11, we played UNLV in an 8-9 game. I forget if we were the 8 or they were the 9, but yeah, the only time I'm pretty sure that Illinois has beaten a seed higher than them in the NCAA tournament was Cincinnati. And Jacob, you said it was twice. Was the other one the UNLV game? I'm trying to think what it might have been. Okay, that's it. We were a 9 against UNLV. There you go. So twice. Uh, That's not very good. The NCAA tournament, madness reigns, and yet we tend to go scratch. Now, they are back from a quick commercial break. So we're, what, 15 minutes, 11 minutes into this thing, and they're still going. So kudos to them for not really dragging this out too far. Now, you guys might have a spoiler before I do. We're going to the Midwest, Houston. Oh, God. (laughs) Well, if you're an 8 or 9, this is the one team I didn't want to see because of the past history. Now, I think there was a player on their team that got hurt. 
in the tournament. I, I'm not sure who, but that's just not a team I want to face. Will you get a rematch? God, I hope not. So the Houston Cougars get a one seed in Birmingham, and they'll face some 16 seeds. So the interest, of course, now turns the 8-9 games. It is interesting to watch this from the perspective of you're really only looking for two matchups in each pod. And I suppose that's pretty normal, but I don't recall a time. I mean, yeah, uh, 12 years ago was when we got the nine, apparently, against, oh gosh, UNLV as the eight. For the most part, though, my life has been full of four and five seeds. So this is kind of a new approach looking for, uh, I want to avoid that one or that that two seed. Now, the eight, nine matchup coming up. Iowa gets an eight. Interesting. Does that bode well for you as a nine? Uh, you know, Iowa, not great down the stretch. You flip that Michigan State game, are they a nine seed? Regardless, they face Auburn, so Bruce Pearl facing his old team. So we avoid another narrative. I don't mind that. We already did the Bruce Pearl thing, even though I think Auburn might actually be a team that you could have beaten. Okay, 5-12 and 4-13 matchups coming up in the Midwest. Miami, the five seed. I look at this bracket so far and think this looks pretty good for Houston. And it may take a two or three seed to beat them. So in Albany, Miami, the five seed faces Drake, the 12th Drake. How about that? Ravante Rice is old school. Oh, man, what are the other high-seeded Big Ten teams? And we aren't going to see another Big Ten team until 7, 8, 9, 10 re- area, right? I mean, Indiana might hear, might appear here at the four. Yes, Greg, is that correct? Indiana does get the four in Albany, right? Reveal the damn bracket. There it is. A good chance for them to go to the Sweet 16, but let's see what the 13 seed brings them. Jacob says Kent State. So you guys got a little bit ahead of me. You can bring me the spoilers too. So I, I do like that. Kent State at 28 and 6. Have to read up on them to see. I Indiana is a team that I don't always love, but when you have the two best players in the court in any given game, it's hard to pick against them early. I, I think I'll have them go in the Sweet 16, losing to Houston. Iowa State. The six. So we'll wait a couple pods here to maybe get a slot in Des Moines. I got some family up there that would happily go see Illinois in Des Moines, I think. Mississippi State or Pitt. So that's going to be a playing game in Dayton on Tuesday or Wednesday. And then in Greensboro, the 314. Iowa State is six seed at 19 and 13. I think that just speaks to how respected the Big 12 is. Ryan brings up a good point, though. If Illinois has to be an 8-9 seed, it'd be great to be in Purdue's bracket, but that won't happen, though. And it won't happen, Ryan, which tells me you're starting to see your options narrow. Only two other 8-9 pods. There's three more 7-10 pods. So I just think the likelihood right now might be greater of getting a 10. Xavier, or do you say Xavier? Xavier gets the three seed versus Kennesaw State. Are we next in Des Moines? A short little trip. Some Iowa fans driving over from the Quad Cities. Popping that upset. But who would be the two seed in the Midwest? Texas? I don't know. You still got to get Houston. Or sorry, Houston got this one. You got to give Kansas and Texas. I think Texas might get the two seed here. A&M is the seven, though, so no. It would not be Texas as the two. And that's going to be Penn State as a ten. After all that work, Penn State at 10. Now, here's the thing, everybody. 
with Penn State as a 10, what does that mean for Illinois? I thought they did enough to flip seeds with Illinois. I don't think Illinois did enough to fall all the way back to an 11. So I think you're probably still looking at a 10. Texas gets the two. So I guess now that you mentioned it, Greg, Texas is... That's it. You see, I used to think they were in the same conference before, but Texas and Texas A&M could face off in the second round. Ryan, I don't think the Illini missed the tournament. No, I, I don't think so. And David, you mentioned the Big Ten gets screwed all the time by the late tourney finish. I mean... If that is a factor, that's a problem with seeding. I think that every game counts, and Penn State has been red hot. Though this might actually work out well for them, because if you're saying they need to be Texas A&M and Texas, that's tough sledding, but I think they have a better shot against Texas than they do against Houston. So Penn State with an opportunity to make a Sweet 16. Iowa, no. (laughs) Uh, Houston should make it all the way to the Elite Eight. Maybe they get tested by Indiana if Indiana makes it that far. But Houston looking really good. So not yet am I freaking out about not making the tournament. I would be absolutely flabbergasted by that. I I think you're looking at a 10 seed. Penn State's a 10. You're a 10. Seems about right. And then in the bottom half of this Midwest bracket, Iowa State the 6, Xavier the 3, Texas A&M versus Penn State in the 7-10 on Thursday. They are giving you the days, just not the times of the games yet. And Texas the 2 seed. I got to think the way Texas is playing, they get to the Sweet 16. I think that that probably goes fairly scratch. I think you get a Houston-Texas matchup in the Elite Eight, the way those two teams are playing. Remember when he beat Texas? I mean, it took one of those crazy comebacks, but a win is a win is a win. So now we wait. We're halfway through. We've not seen our names yet. Neither has Michigan State. Neither has, oh boy. I mean, what do we have? We have not seen Purdue either. So you're looking now at a situation we knew Houston and Alabama would get one seeds. We figure Kansas and Purdue will be the other ones. But where are you sending them? Now, the East might be the spot then for Purdue. If I recall, Greg Doyle from the Indy Star said that there was a bracket where they could go to Columbus and then somewhere else relatively close to them. And that I would figure that would be east and not south, but we'll see when they get back from the break here. Quick reminder, the 200 level brought to you by DP Doe. Online at dpdoe.com for all the best deals and prices, dpdoe.com. Okay, uh, where, where are we at with this Illini team right now as we're halfway through the bracket? And chat window, just before we even get the team that we're playing, chat window, I want to see what are your expectations? What do you expect to happen, regardless of opponent? Because I don't know if matchups matter as much for this particular team. We could go up and down. We could look at the Ken Palm and the uh, Evan Maya scores, another guy that does analytics, and we could try to compare and contrast. But ultimately, it's just going to be if this team can show up for 40 minutes. If they do, like they did against, let's say, Michigan, then I think you got a chance here. But they are also a team that seems to be evolving albeit a little too late. The small ball thing that I particularly like that this team's doing well, well, you saw against Penn State, that worked somewhat effectively. And at the same time, though, you were also trying to pound it, pound it, pound it with Dane Danger. It seems like Brad Underwood's getting closer and closer to what he could do with this team, but it does feel like too little too late. So what are your expectations, chat window? From... Alani Brickroll, is it possible we just got bounced? I don't I don't think so. I, I really don't. These bracket guys have a pretty good idea. You got to keep in mind the weakness of the bubble beneath you. 
the marquee wins you did have. I mean, yeah, we'd be sweating it out without Texas or UCLA. But you finish 11-9 in the Big Ten, and you have those two wins in your back pocket. You have wins against Michigan State, Rutgers, a team that, are they going to be sweating it out? We're waiting to hear Rutgers, but they shouldn't be. You're probably going to get a run of 8-9-10 Big Ten seeds, I think, coming up. All right, this is from Ryan. They have to get one of the remaining two 10 seeds or the only nine seed not in Purdue's bracket. Plus, you got to work around other Big Ten teams. Yeah, so does that mean that Rutgers gets a play-in game? They did make it to the Purdue game, and they competed, and I did not watch it. I was on my way to Chicago, but it sounds like they were not getting the best treatment by the officials in parts of that game. This is from Ryan. Give me a team without a dominant big or someone on Dickinson's level. Ryan, you say that, but I want Kentucky. I do. I want Kentucky. And maybe you get that in a 7-10 matchup in the South bracket or the East. I I like them because I think you can keep Oscar Shibway at bay. In other words, teams, you're, you're right, Ryan, to say that that should scare you. When we look at Trace Jackson Davis, but I don't look at Oscar Shibway and Hunter Dickinson to quite the same level as a Trace Jackson Davis. They aren't quite as athletic. They're bigs that are going to get theirs, but I think you can work with that. And I'm not really trusting that backcourt yet for Kentucky. They're a team that figured it out late, and you know the talent's there, but that kind of sounds similar to what we dealt with. So give me that Kentucky matchup. Why the hell not? Avenge, 1984. Oh, it's Sister Jean, just what I needed to see. Is that good karma or bad? So Kansas, the one seed in the West, according to Bobo. So you're a couple seconds in front of me back. Uh, now with the March Madness selection show. David Lucas has no expectations. Team totally baffles me, me as well. Jacob says, Utah State is so bad and they're a 10 and we have better wins. So are we looking down the barrel of an 8-9 matchup with Kansas looming? And there they are, ho-hum, one seed. This is what Bill Self does. It's a remarkable program. I will always have an affinity for Bill Self. Let me see if I can't get the picture of me and my dad meeting Bill Self from back in the day. That's in here somewhere. Ah, yeah. Okay, so I found it just in time for the YouTube thing. And Illinois is a nine seed. We might play Kansas. Good timing for me to get out this picture that I'll show you on the YouTube feed. We will play in Des Moines against Arkansas. I don't mind that matchup on Thursday. Yes, we don't have to wait. So Kansas, Howard, Arkansas, Illinois. The question is, do we get... An early matchup, oftentimes a one seed will kick things off. Maybe Kansas does that Thursday, and then we get the afternoon slot. We'll find out. But Des Moines, so I got some cousins that will be able to go with that game. And yeah, here I, I if we play Kansas, I can't hate Bill Self. YouTube feed, you could see this right here. That is me and my dad meeting Bill Self back in 2002. Kent Brown, the SID, who's still there, was kind enough to let me as a fledgling sports writer cover that basketball team or do a preview uh, article for that season. It was Brian Cook's senior year and the freshman seasons for D. Brown, Darren Williams, and all that. Is that right? Yeah, that would be right. So I guess that would have been 2002 and went over to the oven and I had this index card of about 10 questions already prepared for Bill Self. It, it was not at the interview strength where I could just wing it. And he was very cool about it. He let me ask the questions. It probably lasted five, six minutes. He didn't rush through anything. He treated me with respect. He's that kind of guy. 
and I will always love Bill Self, but if you get the chance to beat him, and apparently you did that in a preseason matchup, what the hell? Got to beat Arkansas first. We'll have to do some reading up on Arkansas, and what I'll do here is I'm sure that Jeremy and other people that are much more familiar with the vast college basketball landscape, they will get some of their thoughts out pretty quickly here. But here's the thing. You know, I'm seeing a mix here. You know. Oh, that, that draw sucks. Oh, it doesn't. It, it What draw? I would have liked Kentucky. That's about it. You get Arkansas. I don't know. Do I hate the draw? Do I like the draw? It's Illinois. It doesn't really matter. We almost beat Purdue at Purdue. Purdue's going to end up getting the last one seed in the East, right? Northwestern gets a seven. That is well-deserved. And I'm anxious to see the two seed here. I would imagine, oh gosh, who would it be then? Texas is off the table. Man, I'm drawing a blank. So Northwestern gets a seven. They have to go all the way to Sacramento, though. And Gonzaga gets the three. So Boise State, the 10. I would think that's a good matchup for Northwestern, but I can't say for sure. Don't know much about Boise State. Yeah, Ryan, I would have also liked to fall far enough to get Gonzaga in the early rounds. Get You know, like, would you rather be 11 seed, but you'd have to get a play in to play Gonzaga in this case. UCLA gets the two. Man, that's tough sledding for Northwestern. I, I know UCLA lost one of their premier defenders, but that doesn't strike me as, you know, UCLA probably the best two seed in the tournament. And you beat them. How about that? You beat two two seeds. UNC Asheville, the 15 there. So Illinois will face off against Arkansas on Thursday. Going to get some quick information here. You're probably looking at Arkansas being a few points favorite. Let's see how they've been doing. They're 20th in Ken Palm, year 33. So not a vast difference between the two teams. Not to be confused with vast deference. And they went 1-1 one one in the SEC tournament, lost to Texas A&M by 6. They beat Auburn the game before that by 3. At the end of the SEC season, they lost to Alabama by 3 at Alabama. They lost at Tennessee by 18, and they lost at home to Kentucky by 9. What are they good at? Well, they are not good at three-point shooting, so I do like that. They're 304 in the country, so we're going to have two teams that cannot shoot the three-pointer. They have the 51st-ranked offense, which for a team in a Power 5 conference, not all that great. Their defense, though, is particularly good. 16th in the nation. Tempo. They're 54th in the country in tempo. What are you looking at, then? A little bit of a slower pace or maybe faster pace? I need to check that with Ken Palm because I'm not too familiar with that. All right, effective field goal percentage, 52%. That's 95th in the country. Turnover rate, 18.3. So that's a little bit on the high end. Uh, offensive rebound percentage, they're kind of in the middle of the pack. Free throws attempted, they are higher than a lot of other teams in the country at 28. But I'm looking at that three points, three point percentage. The difference is they don't shoot many of them. That is not what they're built off of. Their best player, according to Ken Palm, best players look to be what? Nick Smith and Jalen Graham. And I just have to check here. Games, it looks like Jalen Graham's played 28. Other guys, Anthony Black is 6'7", Ford, Ricky Council 6'6". I'm looking at a lot of 6'5", to 6'9", guys. So they do not have one of those prototypical, gigantic dudes. Their best wins this year. Let's see here. Uh, They beat Kentucky on the road by 15 back in February. Uh, Florida, Georgia, I, I don't know. 
I don't see this as a particularly crazy matchup. I think you could have gotten screwed. I don't think you did get screwed. Jacob says their offense is as bad as yours. Greg says the fifth-year seniors need to lead. <laughs> Greg, I, I think it's past that point. Maybe they got it in them, but the Penn State game was just, where was Matthew Meyer? Who knows? Just He was there, just not 100%. He was just kind of present. Ryan, until they play the Illini, I would bet the over on made threes for them. I don't know. I, I am interested to see this matchup without threes because, again, I do feel like Illinois was starting to figure out just attack, attack, attack. And while it didn't lead to win after win after win, I, I think that might work against a team that's also based on two-point shooting. Yeah, let's see here. Oh, Greg, you were joking <laughs> about the fifth-year seniors you need to lead. Yeah, I get that. So we have one more bracket to go here. There's quite a few Big Ten teams out there. Well, let's see here. Northwestern got called. So you're looking at Michigan State and Rutgers. Are they the only two remaining to see where they land? I don't hate the matchup. Just upon first glance, don't hate the matchup. I think first one to 65 wins. And yeah, what the heck? You're playing in Des Moines. The time is not yet announced. That game will be on Thursday at the Wells Fargo Arena. And yeah, I'll have to check my family because I'm pretty sure that some will be going up there. Am I going to go up to Des Moines and travel this that far to see this team? No, I won't. I guess it'd be nice to see some family, though. Should I ponder this? I don't know. I just got back from Chicago. It was nice to be home. Well, let's see here. According to Derek, this is how little I know about the NBA draft. The Illini facing Arkansas, Nick Smith Jr. and Anthony Black are projected top 10 picks. Okay, who are these fellas? Let's read up. This is where my lack of knowledge sometimes of these guys. Anthony Black, 6'7", freshman. Nick Smith Jr., 6'5", freshman. Okay, so you have two stud freshmen at Arkansas. It seems like a team that has not quite figured things out, but the talent is there. Again, it sounds familiar. I... I think, you know, could have been worse. I didn't want to play Missouri. I think Missouri, as a veteran team that seems to have really coalesced this year under the new coach, I, I didn't want that. I'll play the team that is capable of being really good, but also capable of being just okay. And maybe on one given Thursday in March, you might be better than them. One more bracket here. Purdue gets the one seed in the East. As annoying as they can be sometimes, it is deserved though I posit that if Zach Eady were 6'11", he'd be a very different ball player. But I'll save that conversation for when they get bumped in the second round. They get to go to Columbus. And that means the 8-9 seed will not be Michigan State or Rutgers. Why do I get the feeling Rutgers gets a play-in game and Michigan State gets the 7? Something weird like that. Because they clearly can't play each other. And neither will be in the 8-9 seed line here. Okay, Friday. In Columbus, the 8-9 seed matchup facing off against Purdue. Memphis is playing pretty good right now. Yeah. That is going to be a sexy upset pick, Jacob. And I will be tempted to pick it, but uh, I feel like I should go with... You see, Florida Atlantic's a dangerous team, too. We all know Purdue is the most vulnerable one. 
They have not been playing particularly great the last month, but they continue to get things done against teams not named Indiana, pretty much. Still, if those two teams play with speed and athleticism, yeah, Purdue, I think, could be in trouble. So I'm not going to pick Purdue to go far regardless, and they will likely be, in many brackets, the first one seed to go down. Duke the five. Man, Purdue, you are in one hell of a bracket right here. That is in Orlando. The 5-12 matchup, who will they face? The Rutgers. Has a Big Ten team ever been a 12? I guess Illinois was back in Bruce Weber's fifth year. Oral Roberts. How about that? I wish I could tell you a great joke that Harry Black told me about Oral Roberts, but I can't. It's a family-friendly program. Facing off in the 4-13 matchup in Orlando. I mean, it's not going to be a Big Ten team in this pod. Other than Purdue. We have 4-seed Tennessee. Yep, it's the Rick Barnes effect. I have no faith in Tennessee doing a damn thing. Who they face off against? Louisiana, the Ragin' Cajuns. I don't know anything about them, but regardless, excuse my voice, apologies. I do not anticipate Tennessee making a run. So where is Rutgers? Where is Rutgers? Okay. Kentucky gets the sixth. So apparently you would not have played them. I would have loved it. No, they beat Arkansas late. I think they're probably a better team at this point than Arkansas. Also in Greensboro, the 11 seed facing off against Kentucky. Be Rutgers, be Rutgers. Oh, it's Providence. Where the heck is Rutgers? Guys, if I'm Rutgers, I'm worried. Is Rutgers not going to get in the tournament? But where's did Michigan State get called and I missed it? That might be it. I don't know. I thought Michigan State's not been called yet. And this complicates things for them. Wow, that would be criminal if not. Michigan State has been called. I don't think Rutgers made it. I don't see how that works. Ouch. I I think that would be borderline criminal. And to think, you're telling me all they needed to do was beat Purdue... Ouch, man. That is a crime, I feel like. I mean, they struggled down the stretch, but I thought they had the resume to get in. Michigan State gets the seven. Facing off against a future Big Ten team, says Ryan. So that would be USC. Intriguing. I feel like I'll pick Michigan State in in one game. I really do. I, I know they didn't look great against Ohio State. They've been up and down, but they got two good guards that I like in a tournament setting. Marquette, the two. Looking good for them to make a run. How about Shaka? Oh, Rutgers. Ouch, man. Were, were they were they listed as out in anything? I mean, they will talk to somebody about this from the selection committee. I... I am just very surprised. Isaac Trotter, a smarter basketball mind than me, says Illinois and Arkansas perfect for each other in so many ways. Yep. I think that seems to be the consensus. Well, there we go. No Rutgers. Ouch. Illinois, nine seed facing off against eight seed Arkansas on Thursday. 
I'm I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it, and we'll be here Thursday, whatever time that game is announced. I think usually they get announced game times later on this evening. So by the time you listen to this podcast, you may know. Do I expect anything? No, I don't. But I bet Arkansas fans, in some ways, have felt the same way this season. They were a team that never quite caught fire. Looking at their schedule here, they have lost, what is that? One, two, three, four, five, six of their last nine. Longest win streak they had all year after the non-conference schedule, which is pretty light. Three games in a row was the longest they ever had, and that was from January 31st to February 7th. They are a team that offensively can struggle, but this is where it gets difficult. The apples and oranges comparison between Big Ten style of play and what you see in the SEC. Arkansas is a team that has had some success before. Is it Musselman that's down there? Pretty good coach, right? Yeah, he's had a good run at Arkansas. If I recall last year, 28-9, and they went to the Elite Eight only to lose to Duke. The year before that, Eric Musselman got them to the Elite Eight. See, he has NCAA success going on here. Did not make the tournament back in 2020, of course, but no one did. And yeah, before that, it was Mike Anderson that was coaching at Arkansas. So he's done a hell of a job. First four out. Look at this. Oklahoma State, Rutgers, North Carolina, and Clemson. Rutgers is going to be looking at Pitt and saying, how the hell did they make it over us? Rutgers sitting there. I mean, Ken Palm has Rutgers as a 28. Where's Pittsburgh? Just out of curiosity. Pittsburgh 111. Did they win their tournament? I mean, was that it? No. Why did why did Pitt make it? Does that make any sense? Pitt lost. This is unbelievable, guys. Pitt was 15 and 9. Am I looking at the right thing here? No, I'm looking at Pitt from 2020. I'm sorry. No, Pitt finished 22 and 11. They lost to Duke in the ACC Conference title game, but they were 77th on Ken Palm. They're ranked far below in the net than Rutgers. If I'm a Rutgers fan, I'm I'm livid right now. Greg says, thank God Illinois won against UCLA in Texas. Greg, if they didn't, they'd be sitting at home too. Wow. Well, there you go. Hey, Scott, better to be late than never arrive at all. So thank you for coming in here. Arizona State over Rutgers. I don't get that. Four quad three losses for Rutgers killed them. Yep. And if I look at that, this is where I think the net rankings get a little bit tricky because to give you an example, the idea that if you won by 10 or nine points, all of a sudden one win is worth more than the others. That shows there's a lack of nuance there. There needs to be this built-in scale where it's not just, okay, win between 1 and 10 points or win between 11 and 20, and it's worth differently. I, I, that's one thing I don't like about it. If I look at Rutgers otherwise, and not to turn this into a Rutgers podcast, but it's kind of the story here, a team that I think is deserving of being in this tournament, what were those bad losses? Temple on a neutral site, maybe? I don't know. Home against Nebraska, that killed them. Even though Nebraska, in fairness, was playing pretty well in February. And home against, I don't know, man. I mean, if they would like anything back, it would be the Minnesota loss on the road. That has to be, yep, that's quad three. That kept them out. 
boy, oh boy, that sucks for them. But hey, Illinois made it again. So what would have been the fourth tournament in a row? Only three because of COVID. So Brad Underwood's teams continue to make it. We're going to save the offseason questions for the offseason. And God knows there are many of those to be had. But you have an opportunity Thursday, and we'll find out the time later tonight. In Des Moines, Iowa. So a chance for some Illinois fans to make the trip. Uh, I'm not. I'll happily watch it from home. Not a team that I necessarily think is worth traveling for. And then just give yourselves a chance against Kansas. I don't know. We've seen this 12 years ago. They actually kind of hung with Kansas for a while, but they couldn't get over the hump. Couldn't even quite tie the game in the second half, and Kansas won by 10 or 11. If you get that far, I think that seems about right. But just give yourselves a chance. You know, this team, their legacy at the moment is, eh, whatever. Now, Bobo, a live pot for the women's bracket. Not planning on it. What time, Bobo, is that bracket, though? And that's a, that's a cool thing, right? We get two games to watch this week. A women's game and a men's game. So that, uh, thanks to Shauna Green, a completely unexpected run of success. Alani Brickroll mentions Rutgers had a 303 strength of schedule for non-conference. That hurt him, too. Yeah, no marquee wins in the non-conference for them. Ouch. Still sucks for them. So here's what we're going to do. We'll find out the time later tonight. We will be here Thursday for a live podcast of the Illinois-Arkansas first-round matchup. And what the heck? I'm, of course, going to allow myself in the next three, four days to get excited about it and think that Illinois will win. Women's bracket unveiled at 7 o'clock tonight. We'll keep an eye on that, too. Here's hoping that they can make some noise, make a second round. It's been a hell of a season for them, and I would think they played their way out of the play-in game. They should be kind of similar to this Illinois team, a 10 seed. The very different circumstances getting there, and you feel very differently about that. But, hey, there we go. So we're going to get out of here. I want to thank you guys for tuning in on YouTube. We'll be back on Thursday. Got to thank DP Doe online at dpdoe.com. For all the best deals and prices, dpdoe.com. State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. For life, auto, home, business, printers, you name it, Brian is my guy. And he can be your guy at brianismyguy.com. And finally, Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing online at, well, not online. I want to give you the phone number. It's much easier to just give them a call at 217-841-4728. Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing, your home's best friend. All right, Champagne Showers Podcast Network, YouTube viewers, thanks for tuning in on this Sunday early evening. Thank you for listening at home. We will see you Thursday, Illinois, Arkansas, time TBD. Let's win a game. Let's maybe win two. What the hell? It's March Madness after all. In the meantime, take care, everybody, and we'll see you in a few days. It is the 200 level. <laughs>